Chris and I met in a campus ministry when we were not even 20 and spent the first 10 years of our marriage on staff with that organization. After 10 years of conversations with students and young adults, we knew how much we didn't know. How do you play parent, mentor, counselor, and pastor when the needs are so great? We went to grad school and started restoration counseling to not only meet our needs, but yours too. We built a ministry-hearted business with partners in the church, parachurch, and big-hearted people like you who walk with others every day. We started the Walking With podcast to bring you conversations at the intersection of psychology and theology, answering questions we're frequently asked, and helping to equip ministry-minded people to keep doing what they've been called to do. We'd love for you to have a listen. The Walking With podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for. Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. This episode wraps up a month of talking about the root of desire in marriage conflict, that was kickstarted with an interview in the Thrive Marriage Lab with our friend and therapist, Sam Jolman. Stay tuned for season two, releasing on February 23rd, when we're going to dive into communication in marriage. We'll offer tangible ideas and direction from our unique story lens, taking you deeper in your understanding of what's really going on. And in preparation for that season, we have an invitation for you. We're looking for a few written stories about communication in your marriage. We'd like to read these anonymously and then offer our professional curiosity and next steps that we would take. Find out more in the show notes. For now, here's Chris and Tracy with their final thoughts on desire. Well, Tracy, as we come to the end of this month where we've been talking about desire and we've been talking about how underneath conflict is desire and just, you know, heard from you and Mark about a couple of things that you find yourselves conflicting about often. Beth and I shared last week. And so we just want to summarize and and give our listeners some, some concrete thoughts of where to go from here. And what are some of the things that we've noticed in our own marriages? And then also in the work we do with couples, we're probably raising a lot of things this month and we want to bring some, bring some answer to it. Something I've often said, is, is that the doorway to love is also the same doorway to the potential of pain and unmet desire and conflict. And, you know, some of the things I find in myself is when I come to one of that doorway with Beth, I need to ask myself, I do ask myself, like, do I want to go through this doorway? Because on the other side of that is the potential of love and connection and met desire but at the same time, like there's, there's a fear there that I'm not quite sure what will happen. Will I be met with uh, disconnection or rejection or, or whatever? And so I'm very aware uh, of that fear. I think that's a great point. And you're not aware of it for no reason. And we both know this, that it won't be a hundred percent goodness. Mm-hmm. So even if connection becomes the prevailing theme, the prevailing thing that happens when we walk through that door, there are also still going to be those times where where you're not responded to the way that you 
had hoped or needed, where there is some element of rejection. I, I know that's true for me. Mark and I've been married for 34 years. And, and, you know, as we were sharing, we were talking about things that are still current for us. And, and I would say that the arc of our relationship is certainly one that has like grown and built trust as time has gone on. But I can tell you still like, and there was this time and there was this time and there was this time. So some of those places that I think we argue most often are still places where both of us have experienced from the other one, uh, like a failure to connect. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the fear, the, the fear is just right there. Mm. You know, it's like, I, I think about when I was talking about, you know, it's easier to jump in my car and run to the mall than it is some days to risk going downstairs and telling Mark, Hey, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling anxious. It's probably, maybe it's not even rational, but I'm feeling anxious about this thing about the kids or this thing with money, or I've just finished a long day with, you know, six clients and, and I just feel inside, like I'm holding so much, you know, I can go to the mall. That's reliable. Mm -hmm. I can find something I can buy it and I can soothe myself for 30 minutes or whatever it is. And that, and my anxious feelings will come back after that. But Mark might or might not be responsive when I go downstairs. And I know that mm -hmm. he would say it if he was sitting here with us talking right now, because <laughs> yeah. he knows what kind of a day he's had. Well, and, you know, in the scenario that Beth and I talked about with the, the conference that we were at and, and my missing her, that is still present as well. That is a concrete example that we can talk about from our past, but those happen all the time. And, you know, when I think about it, just what would it have been like for me in that scenario that we talked about to tell Beth and to talk about my anxiety for what was happening in that conference setting and the anxiety about, you know, being a young leader, trying to, in some ways, contain some things and manage some things, but then also my own ambitions to, you know, save face about some things and try to, you know, prove myself in some ways. Like if I had addressed those things with her before walking into that dinner space, right. I wonder, I wonder what would have happened. And I think I, I, I may have been met with care and concern and, and attentiveness to what was going on inside of my heart. But I also wonder what would have happened if Beth had said something to me about Hey, I have this outfit planned and I am, I am coming down to that dinner with, with some, you know, expectation and desire to show off. Like I've got that, that baby fat gone and I've got the, you know, I'm dressing up for this occasion. If either one of us had just put our hand on that doorknob just a little bit to open up the space where you know, we were then connecting and talking about what was the fear that was going on inside of us. I wonder what would have happened. That vulnerability and, and then that fear piece. And I have been for so, so long, I would have resisted saying that I was afraid, afraid of anything. Yeah. Fear is not an option. 
And like fear is not an option. The number of times I can remember hearing either on a Sunday morning or from my parents or in a Bible study, the commandment that Jesus gives us like, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. In perfect love, there is no fear, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I can't be afraid. And that produced a lot of energy inside of me because I didn't know how to be with my own fear or what to do with my fear. And time's gone on, I've adopted more of a policy or a belief that my fear has things to tell me about what is really important to me, about what is precious and about what is dear. Mm -hmm. And so when I can slow down long enough to go, okay, What's really going on for me here? What am I afraid of? Well, you know what? It is, it is a good thing that my desire is that Mark would be the person that would be the most safe for me, the most safe for me, no matter what I'm feeling. And my fear that he won't be just amplifies how much I want for him to be that. And when I can be more gentle with myself, there, then, then I will show up more gently with him because it's, it's not hard for me to come down and, and do like a very harsh startup with him. So you probably don't have time for me, but right. I've had this bad day. Right. I know you've heard it a thousand times, but. Right. And mm-hmm. instead of, instead of coming to him and saying, Hey, I have something I need to talk about is this a good time? Which gives him the opportunity to say, Hey, yeah, it is. Let's talk about that. And he can give me his full attention or, you know what? Not right now, but maybe can we talk in an hour? Well, you know what? I can wait an hour. Most of the time I have, I have some, you know, flexibility to give, Right. but, but my own fear will put me in a defensive posture coming to him with whatever it is. If I'm not being tender or attentive, kind. Well, you know, I want to just pull two things out of that. So first of all, perfect love does cast out fear, Mm -hmm. right? When we are in a space of perfect love, there is no risk when we are vulnerable because we will, in perfect love, we will always be met. We will always be connected to, we will always be seen and valued for who we are. The, the unfortunate reality is that perfect love does not exist between two humans. Right. Right. Okay? It only exists from God towards us, not even from us towards God, only from God towards us. And then only in the kingdom of God. So, so perfect love does cast out fear. Yes. The Bible is true. It, it, it is, it is right but that doesn't exist between two people. And so what you're saying though, is how can our fear become instructive? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a place that we'd like to come with some real practical uh, suggestions for couples who are finding themselves regularly in this dance of conflict, regularly coming to the place of like, you've missed me regular. I love where you said that, you know, in, in your relationship with Mark, that your war of desire tips into addiction right? And that you, like you said, just go to the mall uh, or or whatever. Like there's when, when couples are in that space, I'd love to help them have some practical ideas of what to go do. And I think that's the first thing. It's like, what 
is your fear trying to tell you? About you. Yes. Right, not about, not about the other person. So I think that that's important too, because if, if, I, come, if I come to Mark and say, you know, I'm afraid that you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm afraid that you're not going to respond the way I want you to, or I'm afraid of you rejecting me. I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of you. Okay. I'm afraid to be with myself if you don't respond the way I want you to. What do I need to do for me so that I can feel safe bringing myself to you? So I think that when we start thinking about what does your fear have to teach you? What does it have to teach you about you? Not about the other person. And about your desires. Yes. About what it is you want, what it is you need. What are your desires? What is the desire that is underneath the conflict? Fear is the instructor. Well, and then, so then then my next, like the next thing I would say is then, you know, and so because, because we hold that the presence of God is what brings change and transformation and healing and perfect love. So, so what do, what does that then mean for how I want to be engaging with God? Maybe before, or, you know, certainly in addition to, but maybe before I go to my spouse. Mm-hmm. So what I really need to be talking to God about is, is my anxiety about being alone mm-hmm. and, and that, because that's true in my relationship with him. But I think that's another layer to go to once you figured out, you know, so what is it that your fear is teaching you, you know, about what you hold dear. And then what does that mean for how does that inform what you're doing spiritually? Right. You know, I can picture, I don't know how many times I've talked with friends or clients or even myself, just this men who are like driving home from work and they've had a hard day or they've had a, you know, an issue or something, or maybe that it's not even been a hard day. It's just at the end of the day. And they take an extra loop around the neighborhood before they drive into their driveway. Right. Or, you know, so many people are working at home now because of the you know, pandemic. And so take an extra few minutes before they walk, you know, down the stairs or up the stairs or whatever, back to, to the family. And there's, there's already this awareness of kind of this deep breath of I'm going to enter into literally through the door. And I wonder if we, you know, not just men, but both men and women, husband and wife, if we can take a pause in that moment and, and ask ourselves, what are we afraid of as we walk through this door? And what do we need as we step in here? How would I like to come into the space with my spouse? What do I want to ask him or her? What is it that I need to do for myself before I walk through that door? And what will I do if, for myself and with myself, if I am not met the way that I need to be met right now? Right. Right. So how, how do I want to be, if I want to, if I want to be kind and generous, that's a vision statement for that conversation and other conversations may mean if I, if I want to be solid and, and hold a, a boundary or a, I don't want to say a position, but like a, like a posture, a 
posture that, that, that I have worked up to bringing, that's a vision statement then for that conversation. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's what you're saying is like, are, are we willing individually to sort of do that work? Right. How do I want to be, which really comes back to, you know, when I think about fear, the, the thing is like only, the only person that keep me, keep me safe is me. Well, and conflict is not about the issues, right? Never. Conflict, conflict is not about the money. It's not about the sex. It's not about the kids. It's not about that. It is about unmet desire. And so if we're, where we're going is we're encouraging couples, individuals in relationship to do a little bit of a self-assessment and awareness of what am I afraid of and how would I like the conversation to go? What am I bringing? Because conflict is you barrel in through the door and the kids jump on you or you're trying to get to the next thing or whatever. And the conflict is not about the, the time or the issue. The conflict is about being missed. It is about not being met. It is about a desire not being met. And so if you can slow that down enough before you walk through that door, both the door to love and potential pain or rejection, literally the door to your house sometimes to have an awareness of what am I afraid of? And how does that instruct me on what I need on the other side of this door? And how do I want that conversation to go? I think things would change pretty rapidly if we, if we all did something like that. And I, I think again, Chris, I think the hardest thing for us to do is to name what I need for me, not what I need you to do for me, right? Because it'd be really easy to, to, to like stall out there and go, well, I need everybody to like be quiet and I need them to pay attention to me and I need them to not ask me anything and I need dinner to be on the table in 15 minutes. And could you all make all that happen for me? Because that's what I need. Right. Harder to go, okay, I need... I know that I need a little bit of space. I need to ask for that when I walk through the door. Mm -hmm. I need 10 minutes and then I'll be back or, you know, whatever. But I think that is just that unexercised muscle inside most of us. Well, I love the conversation here about desire and how desire is underneath the conflict. And if we can recognize that we do have some agency, we actually, just like you said, I am responsible for my own internal safety. Right. And so if we, if we own our own selves again in relationship with our spouse and, and use fear as an instructor to give us a sense of what is going on on the inside, I bet conflicts will uh, not disappear because like I said, there is no perfect love on earth, but we will have a greater sense of we can actually navigate this without harm. Maybe it could, they could be more productive. More productive conflict. Well, great to speak with you today. Always good to talk to you too. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. If you're interested in who we are and what we do and basically how to have more of a thriving marriage, go to restorylabs.com slash thrive. We open membership once a year. So make sure you join the wait list to be notified. Our next enrollment week is at the end of March. We'll see you on February 23rd for season two of the podcast.